0: Thank you so much for joining us for this Journey Through the Book of Romans by Pastor Sumiko Stroud of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located in Bremen, Georgia. To find out more information about our ministry, just log on to www.kingdomrock.org. And now here is Pastor Sumiko Stroud with Part 11, Journey Through the Book of Romans.
1: Good morning, and welcome to our Sunday school class. Uh, We are in Romans chapter 13. We're going to cover, hopefully today, 13 and 14, and then next week we will cover 15 and 16, and that will be the end of Romans. So the last uh, Sunday in the month, we will either review or we may cover some things uh, as far as what our focus will be for next year. Okay? So let's start with a word of prayer, please. Bow your heads. Lord, we give you glory and honor, and we thank you for your precious Holy Spirit. We thank you for your word today, and we ask that you would just give us understanding. Open our ears, Lord, mind physically as well, uh, to your word. Help us to hear your voice, Lord, to understand your word and to know uh, what we should, how we should be and how we should grow uh, thereby. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, Romans chapter 13 talks about... Uh, the Christian and government. And it starts out, and I'm reading from the New King James Version, uh, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. I think King James says higher powers. Uh, For there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. Okay, so our question of the morning, should Christians obey the law of the land? Yay, we're all on the same page. Now, and that seems like a very cut and dried question and answer, but there are Christians who do not believe uh, that they are subject uh, to governments. Now, the reason for that is that sometimes our governments, our political leaders, uh, may not carry themselves in a godly manner. They may not even profess to be Christians. And so, sometimes we may have laws and rules and regulations that seem sort of anti-Christ in a way, but that doesn't mean we get to throw our whole government away. Uh, Because as the Scripture said, there's no government established that is not of God. Now, does that mean that God came down and established each and every government over each and every country? No, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about something uh, bigger than how the government actually plays out. We're talking about the authority. The authority, which is the right to rule, the, the right for one man to rule over another man. And when I say man," I mean mankind. Uh, so the right for people to rule over people is something established uh, by God. Uh, man is a sinner and in need of governing. That's just how we are. You lead people to themselves, you get chaos. You can even see that played out in some households where children are left to themselves. The parents do not provide the governing uh, that is needed. They just oh they're just so creative. Just let them flow. Well too much of that and what do you get? Chaos. Right? You get a a kid that comes around and nobody can stand because they do whatever they want to whenever they want to. So we all need some type of authority uh, over us. And so God establishes Uh, in the Bible we can see where he establishes these three institutions, home, government, and church. And so because he established those, uh, we need to be mindful of those and we need to be obedient in those areas. Now, obedience, at its very minimum, um, we obey out of fear, right? You can be obedient to something, but not really be behind it, you know, not really. And people can tell the difference. But at our very minimum level, level of obedience, we obey out of fear. What does that mean? I do it because I'm afraid if I don't, something's going to happen. Yeah, I'm afraid of the consequences. Most of us, uh, when it comes to uh, driving, we obey the speed limit. When we do, we do it out of fear because somebody's already said there's a speed trap in this area or you see you know, the patrol cars up ahead and so you slow down, not because you had any respect for the officer or any respect for the law, but out of fear that if I don't, he's gonna pull me over and it's gonna cost me. So at our very basic level, we obey out of fear. And that's what Paul is saying there. Um, We obey because we know that government is established by God. And when we don't obey those governments, well, then there is a possibility of wrath when we disobey uh, the authority. And we have to think about that. When God has set authorities in place, uh, when you don't follow those authorities, that is just like not following. That is the same as not obeying God. And sometimes people forget that, just like when we have hierarchies in the church, if God has established somebody to be the head over something, you can't disrespect that office and still say that you are following uh, the Lord. Now, one thing to remember about our government is it is made up of people. People can be corrupt, right? They can take... Power and they can do things the wrong way or for the wrong reasons. So you may not respect the person that's in the government position, but we should always respect the office that they hold. And that is one thing that we are losing in this country. Uh, And it is very unfortunate because I am so grateful that we have the right to be able to voice our opinions about our uh, governing officials, that we have the right to disagree uh, with them and to disagree with them openly. But I'm afraid that so many of us cross the line and disrespect even the office that they hold. And that's something as Christians we wanna be mindful of. You don't have to respect the person, but you need to respect the office, and you need to give uh, the office the support um, that it deserves. And so we have to be careful about that. I know, especially in this, this most recent uh, presidential election, I mean, at this point, whether or not you voted um, for our current president He is our president, and so now what it is um, within our best interest to do is to all get behind him and try to support him and cover him in prayer, uh, praying that he will make, you know, godly decisions when he's, you know, in an opportunity that godly people will be put in his path, uh, people who hear from God, uh, you know, that will be in a position to advise him. That's time better spent than we're gonna break away you know, from the government and running down the person or whatever. So we see we have to be careful because we have to recognize the authority uh, that's in place and so we wanna be respectful of the office, whatever it is, whether it is you know, your local school board representatives um, or your local mayor or your local police officer. Um, those are authorities that are in place uh, for our benefit and so we need to be mindful of that. The second level of being obedient is for uh, conscience sake, for our conscience, you know, so we can sleep at night. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Any citizen, anybody can obey uh, because they're afraid of the consequences. But we don't want to just be bare minimum citizens as Christians. We want to be um, the best Citizens, When you see, you know, like if we were to look around in our town and give out citizenship awards, those should go to the Christians, right? Because we are to be an example uh, of Jesus Christ to the world. And if you are trying to be an example to people of this is how you should live, well, then you've got to be living at a higher standard to be an example, and that requires sacrifice. So we have to think about, you know, that when we're saying we want to show Jesus to the world, we have to think about the kind of life that we're living. And, and some people don't wanna do that. Now true, my relationship with God is personal and my salvation is not based on my works, but my works are still important, my behavior, is still important uh, because I am representing uh, the Lord. Remember how when we were in elementary school, when you get ready to go on a field trip and the teacher, they give you that little speech about how you have to behave because you're um, representing, not only you're representing yourself, but you're representing your family and you're representing the school, right? And our community, so you can't go off just behaving any kind of way. Well, that's sort of the same little speech we have to give ourselves now every day when we get up and leave home. I need to be mindful of how I behave because not only am I representing myself, representing my family, I'm representing Christianity as a whole. And we know that because when somebody that says they are a Christian misbehaves, we see them on the news and what do they do? all Christians are classified. See, that's why I don't want to be a Christian because they're so extreme, because they do this, because they don't respect other people. And because, you know, have you ever heard, you've, you've seen that on, on television, when someone, when one person misbehaves, it drags us all down. It casts doubt on all of us. So we have to be mindful of that. Um, But we have to obey, or we should obey for uh, conscious sake, for the fact that it is the right thing to do. Now, is there an exception to us obeying our government? Yes, Yes. there is. We are obedient as refers to uh, legal matters, but there is an exception when it comes to spiritual matters. If our government tells us to do something that we know is in direct violation of God's command, do we have to obey that law? Nope. Should we then be prepared to suffer the consequence, though? Yes. Yes. Yes, So that's where your personal conviction comes in. Let's think about with um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They did not obey the law of the land when it came to saying that you had to worship the king as God. But what was the consequence of that? They were thrown in fiery furnace, right? True, God delivered them, but what if he hadn't? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they would have burned up. But we have to obey God rather than man. But you have to remember that that is a personal thing for you. And if you don't think you can deal with the consequence, then I guess you better pray some more and go ahead and do what the law is telling you. But we should obey God rather than man when it comes to spiritual matters, things that we know um, God has told us to do. Uh, Another example was uh, in Germany during the time of the Holocaust. Uh, The law was that you were not supposed to uh, take in any Jews, you were supposed to turn them in, you couldn't help them. But those people who were there that were Christians we're like no, I, this is God tells us to love and to and to be there for our brothers, and so they would take them in, but then, if they were caught, they, you know they had to be ready to suffer the, the consequences, so that 's something we need to be mindful of if you decide I'm not going to follow the, this particular law and you believe that it is because it is contrary to what God has told you, then if you are arrested or if you lose everything, then you can't then look at God and say, well, I was following you. You know, you have to be prepared to suffer those consequences and to serve God and be uh, like they, you know, like the three Hebrew boys or even like Daniel with the lines in and say, you know, if, if he delivers me, then great, but if he doesn't, I still know that he's able and I still worship him and I'll still serve him. So we obey our laws uh, out of conscience sake. We also obey out of love. For love of our government? No, because we love the Lord. And because I know that our government is put in in place to protect me. Ultimately, it is there for my good and not for my bad. Now, there will be some things because, again, it is a government made of people. And because humans are, you know, prone to do things wrong and we are prone to sin and we are prone to selfishness, those things when we uh, cater to our flesh, because of that, there's going to be some things that are not in my personal best interest. But I don't throw the whole government away. I know that it is ultimately there for my good. And out of my love for the Lord, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, because he tells us to owe, uh, owe man, owe no man anything but to love him. And so that is a debt that we will never be done paying, loving one another. Out of that, I will honor and I will obey uh, the laws of of the land. Now, that particular verse, and that's in verses 8 through 10, when it talks about uh, not owing, it also talks about paying our taxes. Uh, Some Christians have a problem with paying their taxes. And so they don't. Because they, you're supposed to, Brother Kelly, don't look at me like you found a loophole Mm -hmm. (laughs) Some people don't because they say, I'm not going to give my money to a government that is using it to, you know, do whatever. It could be using it to send weapons to some other country. Uh, It could be using it to fund uh, abortions. It could be using uh, the money. We don't know what our government does with all of our money. And so I'm sure there is some corruption, you know, because we've heard of politicians who use taxpayers' money to pay for their lady on the side. Now, did I appreciate that? No. But do I withhold my money, my taxes? No, because I owe my taxes. Uh, My government is in place for my benefit, and so taxes are how it's operated, and some people don't understand that, that that's what it's for, but when I go outside and I can drive on a road that's not a dirt road, I grew up on a dirt road. I know what that's like, and I know that when you live on a dirt road, if it rains just well, just good, you're homebound, because you can't get out on the road. So I like the fact that now I don't have to live on a dirt road. <clears throat> that when I go out on the highway, I can, I can ride on a relatively smooth road. There may be a couple potholes here or there. Uh, I like the fact that there are, um, you know, traffic lights that are there, that if there's something going on that I can call 911 and I can get help. Uh, if my house does, God forbid, catch on fire, I don't have to run around with buckets of water trying to put it out. There's a fire department that if somebody gets sick, Uh, there is an ambulance service, you know, that there is a hospital that we can go to and I don't have to wait, you know, for the doctor down the street who also treats the animals to try to come to my house and see if he can (laughs) do something for me. You know, so all of these things are subsidized by our tax dollars, that I have a school that my children can go to and they can learn and they can be exposed uh, to things. All of that uh, is subsidized by our tax dollars, whether it be sales tax, whether it be property tax, or income tax, all of that comes from that. And so for me to say, I don't like, now and we can look and see, now yes, there's probably some bad that goes from our tax dollars, but we can look and see that there's a lot of good. And so, did the lights blink? It, okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, And so for me to say um, what they do with my tax money is against my Christian values, so I'm not going to pay taxes, unless you're going to be one of those people that completely moves yourself off the grid. I kind of like the grid, (laughs) y'all. Unless you're going to be a person that completely takes yourself away from all of the benefits of society which I'm not even sure how you could do that unless you lived on a piece of land and a house that you built and ate food that you grew and wore clothes that you made. I'm not sure how you could completely remove yourself, but unless you're going to do that, then you need to pay your taxes. Now, I'm grateful that there are tax uh, credits and there are tax breaks so that we don't have to pay as much. Hopefully those will stay around a while longer. (laughs) Um, so, if there is a legal way for you not to pay so much in taxes, fine take you know take that benefit, but don't and and some people don 't think about this, but we, you know when you work a job i 'm not going to make any eye contact with people when you only take jobs where you get paid cash you know under the table, what is the point of that? so you cannot pay taxes right and there are some people that do that. And then um, at the end of you know, their work history, when it's time for them to retire and draw Social Security, I'm like, wait a minute, you ain't put nothing in this pot, dude. <laughs> That's my money in that pot. You may want to go back under the table and see if there's anything you left <laughs> under there, right, because if you don't pay into the system, you shouldn't be able to get out of the system. So that's something you need to think about. If you don't want to support government, if you don't wanna pay taxes, then don't take anything that comes as a result of that. Okay? So that's something we need to think about as Christians. We are supposed to be good citizens. We're supposed to be the example of what a good citizen is. And so we have to think about when we are taking advantage of or doing things underhanded. And it, sometimes it's easy to do because sometimes you'll do something that somebody in your family's done. You've just always known it to be that way. And you may not realize that it's shady dealings. So we have to pray for wisdom in our actions, right? Because some things you may do completely innocently, not realizing that that is not the way it's supposed to go. But once your eyes have been open and you realize, then you need to stop. Okay, And then of course the very top level Of being able to be obedient to our government Is out of devotion uh, Devotion to the Lord I know and we know That God Jesus will eventually Return um, for His servants for his faithful uh, Followers and Because we are devoted to him Our goal is to be more like him And being more like like him Would be to obey uh, the laws Of our land Jesus obeyed right, the authority that was over him when he walked on this earth. They paid their taxes. He was obedient. He was respectful. Now he told them, you know, when things were going wrong uh, as to spiritual matters, you know, he was vocal and set them straight on that, but we have to be respectful of those who are in office um, over us and pray for them because I wouldn't want the job. I don't know why anybody would because when you're in a government office, you have to not only provide freedoms and opportunities for those who believe like you do, you also have to pass laws and have freedoms for people who don't believe like you do. And I imagine that has to be difficult to say, you know, on behalf of your country, we're going to allow this to be this way when you personally don't believe it. But you don't get to be You can't represent people based on your personal beliefs when you say, I am representing you and we don't all believe the same way. And sometimes as Christians, it's hard for us to separate that out. Uh, It's it's difficult to do. Uh, I know when I would take on a couple of, uh, in my brief legal practice, there were some things that I did not agree with that I had to do on behalf of my clients. Nothing that was illegal just not my preference, but it wasn't my life, right? I couldn't say, no, you don't need to be doing this, unless I had a legal reason for them, but I couldn't just say, I don't think you, you know, maybe you hadn't thought this through, you know, kind of thing. Uh, You have to represent the people that are before you, or I could just say, no, I'm not gonna take the case, right? You know, I could just turn the money away, which, well, you know. (laughs) That's a story for another day. So we have to be obedient uh, to the laws of our land. Does anybody have any questions about that? If not, we're going to zip right on over to chapter 14. Anybody? Every time I say this about chapter 14, it's when Christians disagree. And and every time I say that, in the back of my mind, I hear that TV show when animals attack. I don't know why. (laughs) That line just comes right up when animals attack. Okay, so they were having a a problem in Rome uh, where people were being divided over diet and over days. Why do you think that was? A big portion of the church, the early church we had uh, were Jews who were being converted. Now, What do you know about Judaism? What do you remember from that? Right, there are some dietary restrictions when you read in the Old Testament and there are lots of holy days. And so you had a group of people who were used to living generation after generation after generation a certain way and so now they are embracing Christianity and they are bringing uh, that background with them. And then you had the Gentiles, where it's kind of like everything sort of goes, eat what you want, do what you want, and they would eat food that had been sacrificed to idols because they were worshiping idols. And so they had that background, and so you're bringing almost like two extremes together. And there was some disagreement because the Jewish Christians were saying, we still need to follow this diet. We still need to honor these holy days. And the Gentile Christians who had not grown up with that uh, did not understand what that meant. And they were like, why do we have to you know, be there? So there was contention uh, in the church. Same thing these days. When, when you come to be a part of a ministry, you bring with you whatever your background is. And some things that were not okay with, with you for whatever reason, whatever household you grew up in, may not have been the same. Because uh, I, I tell you, you know, I've told you guys before how I went, used to go to a church where the pastor said you, you couldn't go to the movie theater. And I was like, I mean, I was a teenager, and I'm thinking, what? What kind of, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this salvation thing. I, yeah, I don't understand. But there were some things, and... Um, some of you may may or may not know I was a cheerleader, and so I would get some flack from some people about my uniform, uh, because I once shouldn't be out there in front of everybody in that short skirt. Now, you know, it wasn't as short as uniforms are now, but you know, I wasn't out there in pants, unless it was cold, you know, during the football season, then <laughs> we'd have our jeans on. And then I would also get some flack by people in my class ring that I wore had my school mascot on it. We all know what my school mascot was. Devil. Blue Devils. So my classroom had that big devil head right, right on the side. And I got a little flack from some people because I couldn't—I shouldn't be wearing, you know, jewelry with the devil on it, you know, blah blah kind of thing. And so that was difficult for me because I was, you know, I'm a teenager and I'm trying to give my life to Lord. I'm trying to live right, but you know, those were things that were very much a part of my life that I enjoyed doing. And so there was some, you know, conflict there. There was some times where I had some issues um, and I couldn't really go. And say anything to my church leadership because some of it was coming from them, so I suffered in silence. No, but um, and, and there would be different things, you know, things like that. And there was um, what was I used to want a necklace with a cross on it, just because you know, not the with the men with a little man on it because I just thought that was creepy. But I do, you know, a cross. But that was not allowed to wear jewelry with a cross on it for whatever reason. But so you see how that is not, none of that can be found in scripture. That's all personal preferences, personal prejudices. And Romans chapter 14 tells us that we're gonna disagree on stuff like that and you leave your personal prejudice at home. If you have a problem with wearing a crucifix, then what? Don't wear one, but don't get upset with me if I do, okay? If you can't go to the movie theater and still be saved, don't go. But don't get upset with me if I go. Don't tell me I'm any less of a Christian uh, if I go. And so we have this this sort of classifications of the mature Christian and the immature Christian. Now the immature Christian um, was one who, let me find it in my notes, Um, was one who felt obligated to to still sort of follow legalistic sort of things. Sort of obligated to legalism. More of your do's and don'ts. Um, Our mature Christians enjoy a little bit more of the freedom that comes with grace. And all of this is just a matter of growth and time. We can be immature in some areas, immature in others. But for the most part, we had you know, the immature Christians who were saying that things had to be a certain way, you can do this, you can do that. They had sort of the litany of do's and don'ts uh, that were available. And what they would do though, is if you didn't follow those, uh, they would consider you not as spiritual. You're not spiritual enough. Uh, and I have, you know, I've had people tell me that, well, when you, when you become more spiritual. What? I mean, come on. Um, but then you had the mature Christians who, who would walk in the freedom afforded by grace, but they would despise the immature Christians. And we aren't to do either. We're to receive each other and walk in, in love, and we're to help each other to grow. Because my knowledge of the freedom of Christ is what I should do, should share with you, but if I don't share that in love, then that's not gonna help you because you're, you're going to resist it. You may have, uh, so there are some things that maybe we should cling to, uh, some days that maybe we should you know honor a little bit more, but if you look at me as being uh, not as spiritual and you don't show me those things in love, I'm going to resist those things. Have you ever had somebody come to you with, with absolutely good advice, But the way they came to you made you be resistant. We have to walk in love. First and foremost, we are to walk in love, in love in everything. Now, there are some things uh, where the Bible speaks to point blank. And those things we are to be unified on. But where we disagree tends to be those gray areas where the Lord doesn't speak to at all. And for those, you have to decide on your own. And that's why it's so important to have um, a personal relationship uh, with Jesus Christ. In that, you know, when you're in prayer, he will show you some things, but don't ever, because you've been convicted on a certain, in a certain area, uh, push your convictions on somebody else. Um, case in point and we talked about Mrs. Norma shared with us before about a ministry she was a part of with the you can't wear pants. Well I'm sure at whatever point the person that was shown to probably had an issue uh, with dresses. You know, maybe they didn't wear them appropriately, you know, appropriately. Or maybe they had some other motive in mind. And so for them, maybe it was better for them to wear pants maybe that i mean well maybe it was they when they wore pants they wore them you know inappropriately so maybe it was better for them to not wear pants but that was something with them and their relationship with the lord but not something that they were supposed to push on other people so we have to be careful about that that you don't push your convictions on others and that you don't allow others to push their convictions on you and what i encourage us to do is our goal should be what? To live a life that's pleasing to God, to serve him. And so what we need to do is stop and take stock of the things that we do and see, am I doing it because somebody else said I should? Like with elderware example with with communion. The Lord spoke to her about doing communion on a daily basis and she's been blessed by that. Now, if I don't take communion on a daily basis, should I let that uh, you know, bother me and say, well, I don't guess I'm as spiritual as Elder Ware. He hadn't shown me. No, no, um, when I you know, feel like I need to take communion, I do. But I shouldn't try to do, I would be putting myself in bondage if you know, I were to go just so that when she brings it up, I can say, yeah, I've been doing my communion too. <laughs> I would be putting myself in bondage, and we should not be putting ourselves in bondage. So, if the things that you are doing are putting you in, in bondage, I remember the you know thing on prayer where there was this whole thing. Can you not pray for an hour? And so the whole thing, and then the church we was like, "Oh, you ought to be able to pray for an hour." And I was like, "Oh, flip! Here, I, here we go again. <laughs> I might as well just leave church now because it ain't happening." <laughs> And there are times when I have a burden to pray that I can pray for an hour. But we had this little chart. You remember that wheel? There was this wheel. I'll have to dig one of those things out. And there was little spokes in the wheel and you were supposed to spend so much time praying in this part and so much time in this part and so much time. And it was like, you know, you had to do that every day. And, you know, preferably like early in the morning. I like to sleep. I'm sorry. I just like to get to sleep in. And you had to do it early, you know, in the morning. And I was struggling. But it wasn't presented as this is something that you can do to enhance your Christian walk. It was as a Christian, this is what you need to be doing. And I could not do that. So we have to be careful that we don't put each other in bondage. Perhaps God showed that to that person to help them structure their prayer life because they needed it or because it would, you know, help them to focus. But to take that and to put it on somebody else, that's where Christians disagree. And when we disagree, unfortunately, we don't keep it in the church, do we? We have church splits or we get out there and we, you know, we share it with the world. And so the world looks down on us. And there are people that, you know, that do that. You'll have some churches that say you can't come in here uh, unless you're only going to read from the King James Bible. Anything else is unholy. And you'll have some churches, you know, where you can't go um, if you, there was, you know, some like you you can't go if you go to movie theater, some you can't go if you smoke, some you can't go if you drink caffeinated beverages, usually coffee is excluded from that list, if you ever noticed that, Um, but there will be, you know, some, well, they will say if you eat meat, Um, Then you are not giving your your body to the Lord You're not respecting it and you're not holy and some that say well if you don't eat meat Then you're not you know giving yourself to the Lord and you're not holy all of those personal prejudices personal convictions So where it is a gray area in the Bible I haven't read anything in the Bible where it says you can or cannot go roller skating But there are some churches who don't think you should and they will put that as a basis of you, whether you're to judge your level of spiritual, spirituality, whether you go, and some you can't wear, that was another hang up, yeah, you couldn't go swimming because the swimsuit was inappropriate, and I thought, I'm not getting in that pool in my long pants and shirt, <laughs> that's crazy, you gotta wear a swimsuit, now I'm not wearing my swimsuit to the church, but I'm putting it on at the pool, And so that was a problem because then they were like considered to be not properly clothed. And if it was a mixed group, then that was an issue. And in some churches that is. Now I'm saying if you got, you know, and there was one that we heard, this wasn't even our church, this was somebody was talking about somebody else, that the women in the church couldn't wear short sleeve because apparently there were some dudes in there that elbows were their thing. And the men were just running rampant with lust when they saw the women's elbows. And I'm like, how is that my issue? (laughs) Maybe they ought to be made to wear, you know, dark glasses or something. But I'm saying you have to be careful that you don't push um, your convictions and your prejudices on each other. Uh, It is our goal because we will stand before the judgment seat of Christ as Christians. We will all stand before not to be judged on the basis of our sins, but to be judged on the basis of our works. And so my life should be spent getting me ready for that day. So doing the things that I need to do and stop doing the things that I don't need to do. And if I'm working on me, I don't have that much time to look at you. And that's what we need to take from chapter 14 is to agree to disagree. There may be some things in your Christian walk that you do that I don't think that would not work for me. And if the Bible doesn't specifically say that it is wrong to do that thing, well, then I have nothing to, you know, that's on you. I work on me, you know, we are different. Dif- things affect us differently. So we be mindful of that. And our goal is to be in unity. Like Abraham said to Lot, you know, let's, let's agree. Let's not disagree, right? Let's, let there be no strife between us, for we be brethren, right? You see how he slip the little bonnets in there, we be brethren. We are supposed to be brothers and sisters. And you know what? The neighbors are watching. And so when we disagree and we don't handle it well, then those that are out there like, yeah, I didn't think there was anything to that Christianity stuff. They can't even get along with each other. And that shouldn't be the case. So we need to walk in unity. First and foremost, we're striving for unity. So there will be times where we disagree. If we disagree and it's about something that the Bible speaks to, uh, then we consult the Word of God. But if it's a gray area... You no, know, God doesn't say anything about swimming and roller skating and movie theaters. Well, then you do what you feel is right uh, when you go to God in prayer. What you know how you can sleep at night, and I'll do what I feel is right, and we'll leave each other alone. I won't go to the pool and preach to you. You don't come to the movie theater and preach to me. Okay? <laughs> All right. So fourteen, when Christians disagree. So we don't want to disagree, right? We don't want to. We don't want to disagree badly. You know, we will always have some points where we disagree but we can disagree without being disagreeable. All right. I borrowed a couple of extra minutes. I hope y'all don't mind. Did anybody have any questions before we dismiss? Yep. Nope. Thank you guys so much for being part of class. And then next week we will cover chapter 15, and 16. You're dismissed.
0: We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook, Or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more right there at KingdomRock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia.